Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. So I want to talk about redeeming grace. Redeeming grace. We just want to invite everyone in the room here to the lunch wrap. So um, Psalm 103 and I, I love this. It, it correlates with Psalm 40 because it talks about the pit. It talks about the pit. And how life can be like that. We can be stuck. We can be entrenched. We can, um, the devil can have us ensnared in some way. And the pit is, 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 is more than just a hole. Often they say that in Proverbs, the, the, um, the adulterous woman is a narrow pit. So when you think about um, Joseph being thrown into a pit, literally it's a narrow pit that you, you're stuck in it. You can't get out of it. You're pressed in on every side. And, and um, we know that Joseph was sold from the pit into slavery. And sometimes in our life, we can fall into a pit, right? Our feelings can form us and cause us to enter into a pit. Uh, we were saying last night in class, a person can feel lonely, and then they can decide in their heart that I am lonely. Where did that thought come from? It came from their feelings. Uh, just like a potter would put his hand on the clay the pressure of his hand and the spinning wheel can, can form the lump, right? And our feelings can do that. And they, our feelings can lead us into a pit, a narrow pit, where we, can't, we, we fall into it and we're stuck. We can't shimmy out of it. We need someone else to pull us out of the pit, right? Our feelings are designed to be governed by the Word of God. Our feelings are designed... Uh, not to think. Our emotions don't think. They respond, right? That's why when we're together in truth and together in fellowship, we enjoy each other because we were designed to respond to God. We were designed to respond to God's initiation. We were designed to not only hear God, but to uh, respond to Him. So, so, um, our feelings are, uh, boy, it's kind of loud in here, actually. Sorry to say that. But our feelings are, they're forming us. So we're either being formed by our feelings or we are being conformed to God's image. And I liked Pastor Justin's message Sunday night because there is a huge difference between being formed and then conformed. Formed speaks of duplication based on the same source. Like it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't be a copy of the world, but be transformed. Be something totally different from a different source. All right? And, and this is why our life and our, our, when we read and listen to the Word of God, the Spirit is conforming us to His image. Isn't that good? Like his image, the expressed image of God in Colossians 1.14, the invisible image that's made visible because of the grace of God. So 
I like this word conformed because that word co, C-O, conformed, it, it speaks of to, to cooperate or to, to coexist or to, uh, um, to be co-heirs or joint heirs. It all speaks of another person beside our, besides ourself. Um, so um, in marriage, it's more than just a partnership. It's a union, right? It's a union. So it's not just 50-50 but it's 100%, 100%, right? It's, and God is in the middle of that. It's a union. So being conformed to the image of God, Romans 8, 29, we are designed to be conformed to the image of God. It means that we will look like, sound like, demonstrate God more today than we did yesterday. Why? Because we're walking with God. We're hearing from God. We're being pulled out of our pit. We're being pulled out of, of the thing that easily ensnares us in Hebrews 12.1. So let's look at Psalm 103. So let's say I'm in a pit. You know, let's say we're in quicksand. You ever seen quicksand? I mean, it's the more you move around, the, the more quickly you sink, right? It's very, um, it's very, uh, it's a tough thing, right? And you need help to get out of it. You need that vine. You need that rope. You need that rescuing. And this is what grace does in our life. This is what grace does in our life. Grace, the person of Christ, who he is at all times, his economy, what happens? It's brought into the center of our life, the center of our situation, the center of our heart, and it begins to transform our life. And no longer are we being formed by our feelings, but now we're being conformed to the image of God, which means we have died and now he that lives. And this is how we were rescued from our pit, the pit of sexual addiction, the pit of pride, the pit of bad self-image, the, the pit of a bad attitude, right? A bad attitude, like, like something bad happens and all of a sudden this always happens to me. You know, nothing's ever going right. And no, you know, this is, you know, you know and we get self-absorbed and we enter this pit and all of a sudden we can't move and we're just like, we found we were crowded in, and all of a sudden our confession is formed <clears throat> from the dust. But, but in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And, th and this is it, isn't it? We're, we're praising him on purpose. We're thanking him on purpose. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Again, he says, and forget not all his benefits. <clears throat> it's a beautiful thing to say, and I try to practice this with my son every night. Okay, Carson. What is something good that happened today? You know, okay, things didn't happen maybe the way you wanted, but what is, what is something we can thank God for? And it usually revolves around candy. <laughs> okay, we, we have, okay, thank God for ice cream and all the Oreo cookies, but let's go a little deeper, Carson, you know. <clears throat> but we can appreciate that. Who forgives all our iniquities and heals our diseases. Okay, I love this. I love that. And here it is, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. It's grace. It's redeeming grace. It's redeeming grace. Grace is constantly redeeming. Grace is constantly buying back. Grace is constantly reconciling us to God. 
Grace is constantly, constantly, constantly looking beyond the fault, seeing the need, giving the answer, which is Christ at all times. Not transform, uh, not to not to be conformed in the sense of duplication and um, trying to reach a standard, but instead it's it's letting God um, <clears throat> have another having having Christ at the center. Isn't that good? I think when we've been talking about this <clears throat> everywhere, actually, is that how big our God is will determine how great our gospel is. How great our God is will determine how great our gospel is. <clears throat> so if my gospel is somehow limited to uh, me, then my gospel will not be glorious, right? Right? But if it's, if, it, if it's centered on God redeeming, he crowns us. He crowns you with loving kindness. We will not spend one unloved day in our life. Pastor Love said that. We will not spend one day in our life unloved. Why? Because we're crowned with loving kindness. In sin or in, on the mountain, in, in, in being stuck or in debt, God's redeeming grace is reaching, loving, ministering, relentlessly, relentlessly. Isn't that good? Relentlessly. Well, I want to kind of develop that. <clears throat> uh, Psalm 107, verse 2, great verse. Let the redeemed tell their story. Psalm 107, 2. Let the redeemed tell their story. What's our story? Grace. The benevolent work of Christ unconditionally, without reservation, gave exactly what we need. And it's what dealt with sin. It's what dealt with all of the things that feelings try to uh, cause us to live in a subjective way. But today, let the redeemed tell their story, which is... Let's talk about grace. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about truth. We know how bad it is. We know what the problems are. You can only talk about the problems so much, right? We can know so much about the problem that we're intoxicated by the problem that we're, we get overwhelmed and discouraged. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to take you out of that pit. You might, uh, and we know this with Joseph, you know, that Joseph was in jail, but his spirit was not in jail, right? Joseph was allowed, and he was, it's believed he was there over 10 years. He was forgotten. And that, that season, God was building him for the, uh, for the palace. So wherever you are today, maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like you're a pit. Maybe you're confined. Maybe you're in a place of like, you're looking around and all you see is dirt. God's saying, I'm conforming you to my image. Go positive. Go positive to my grace. Go positive to my truth. Because I'm making you into my image. Isn't that good? It's good. So I love this. Isaiah 44, 22. I have redeemed you. I have bought you back. I have restored you. I have rescued you. I, I, I. And when our center is Christ, when our center is grace, then whatever is coming against us actually will promote us. Why? Because it's an excuse to know, testify, and share who Christ is, right? Feelings 
feelings kind of cause us to question, doesn't it? Causes us to analyze and causes us to come to subjective conclusions. But redeeming grace talks about one thing. I was dead, but now I'm alive. <laughs> I was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. I was lost, but now I'm find, found. What, what, part of the, what part of the sentence do we live in? Do I live in the lost sense of the sentence, or do I live in the found sense of the sentence? It's going to determine if I'm being focused on the redeeming grace of God. So what, a, what a message we can give people on the lost. You know, I have sinned too much. God could never forgive me. Well, that is just not redeeming grace. There is no, there's no bottom to the depth of God. There's no way that God could not reach and touch you. And it's unlimited that he would always reach and always touch and always uh, minister. It's amazing, isn't it? There, it's, you're in, it's never too far, right? right? The, the love of God, right? The depth, the length, the breadth, the height. This is the message. This is what transforms people. It's not the accumulation of knowledge, all right? But it's tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, right? All right, look, 2 Corinthians. How you doing? You still with me? 2 Corinthians. We're just preaching today. We're preaching. Redeeming grace, right? Redeeming grace. And this is what we hear, and we're, we're so blessed. That's what the world needs to hear. That's what the broken person needs to hear. That's what the offended person needs to, you know, my faith has to be bigger than my church. My faith has to be rooted and grounded in the grace and the message of God. And if my message is in the, in the doctrines of God, then we will be a, 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 a useful, profitable person in the church, right? <laughs> it's great. Isn't that good? It has to be. We have to have, a, have this idea that uh, God is the beginning, the middle, and the end of our faith. He's the beginning. He's the middle. He's the end. Where are you? Well, <laughs> I'm with Christ. You're with Christ, right? We had a great class last night, and we shared about some, some things that really stirred us up. And it's like um, to think that the glorious gospel is glorious because it's all God. It's all God. If we add anything to it, if we somehow interpret it, like someone might say, uh, people go to hell because of their sin. And that's a prevalent doctrine that I'm hearing all over the place in our Christian landscape. And that's a wrong doctrine, right? It's wrong. People go to hell because of their unbelief in God, because sin has been paid for, past, present, and future. What a message. You're forgiven. Respond to the free gift. And God will cause you to be sanctified so that sin becomes less and less, right? But if I'm thinking sin takes me to hell, then I'm going to be more focused on my goodness. And that's the problem. We're not good. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it's a, it's a pit. It's a pit to think I have to maintain my goodness and be good and spark the flame and, and recognize that you're a good person. That is not the message of the cross. That's a pit that's deep, narrow, and full of misery. But when we fall on the grace of God 
and we say, it's by grace I'm redeemed. It's by grace through faith. It's by grace alone. What happens? We're sinners saved by grace. And it's all of a sudden we have nothing to boast except in the glory of God. And that's why we're here today, right? Because if anything good in our life is because of God. Okay. Isn't that good? It's good. I had a student tell me last night that's the first time they've heard. They, they, they believe that. They believe that, that, that sin was what brought people to hell. And I said, if that's the case, the cross, why would Jesus need to come to the cross? Was his work enough? And we say, yes, the redeeming nature of the cross is why we stand holy. We stand pure. And we have been given a choice to respond to the free gift Without any type of manipulation, the Spirit ministers, and we respond, and we are saved with a personal decision from God. It's so good. And today we're new creations. Why? We're responding to grace. Okay. All right. I'm speaking to the choir here. I know you know that, but I just love saying it. It's so good. <laughs> All right. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 18, it says, it says, um, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. There's, there's being conformed to the image through Jesus Christ. What are we going to find in the grace message? We're going to find Christ. We're going to find Christ plus nothing. We're going to find um, he becomes more, we become less. It says this, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. There's redeeming grace. What's my message to you today? Not try harder, not be better, not, not uh, hey, let's analyze your, your progress report in the last 30 days. Uh, we'd be depressed in about two seconds, right? No, it's, it's redeeming grace. It's that God is our kinsman redeemer. He's our kinsman redeemer in Ruth 3.9. What Boaz, he steps in. He steps in as the kin, as, as the willing agent and the ability to restore. And he pours out a blessing on Ruth. He pours out a blessing and restores her. And, and the, 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 the center and the beauty of that message is what Boaz did. And not the state of Ruth but what, what Boaz did, right? It's redeeming grace. It's redeeming grace. It reconciles us unto God. So he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So that answers a lot of questions right there. A lot of religious questions. Not imputing their trespasses to them. Another slam dunk. It's not a sin issue. It's a sun issue. We get the sun in the center, and then grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. We just read our Bible, right? And like you know that. We read our Bible, and we don't get on some crazy religious tangent that puts people in pits. Legalism is a pit. Gnosticism is a pit. Air, uh, oh, man, I could just start ripping this wide open. There are a lot of pits. A lot of Christians are in a lot of pits. And God says, I want to 
I want to redeem your life from the pit. I want to redeem your life from the pit. Amen. And has committed us to the word of reconciliation. So he's reconciled us. He's given us a ministry. And then he's given us a word. What's the word? Redeeming grace. Somebody might say, you know, well, you don't know what I've done or where I've been. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. That's God's business. You're here today, and there's grace poured out, dump trucks that restore the soul, that renews the mind, that gives a new beginning. All right, Ephesians 1.7. This is good. <clears throat> Are you edified yet? Three people. All right, I got to keep going. <clears throat> Just joking. Amen. In him, 1.7, Ephesians we, in him, we have redemption through his blood. Why is this such a val in him, in Christ, uh, his, 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 he, he, he. If, I leave, if my faith is not, in the, is not in the first person of Christ, and it's me in the first person, then I'm going to enter into a pit. I will enter into some sort of religiosity. But it's... It, my faith is in the first person, Christ, right? It says this, in him we have redemption through his blood. <clears throat> I couldn't redeem myself. I couldn't change myself. You couldn't do it. But his blood did it. The forgiveness of sin according to the riches of grace. <clears throat> oh, I can't teach grace. People will live in sin. They're, they're living in sin anyway, right? We preach grace, and grace is like, this is a better life. This is a sanctified life. This is a satisfying life. This is the meaning of life. Grace, 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 grace. Galatians 1.4, let's look at this. We're just teaching it. It's so good. This message is so rare. I'm so, so proud of our church and are so thankful for our church because we hear it and we are blessed says one for who gave himself for our sins is it a sin issue no it's a son issue that he might deliver us from this present evil age what's the only way we're delivered Christ at the center redeeming grace is my is my story I'm not much but I'm redeemed by grace according to the will of God and the Father to whom be glory forever and ever amen okay here it is 313 of Galatians we love Galatians. Look at this. Speak this to yourself every day. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Okay? That's good. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Thank you, Jesus. We're not our sin, and therefore... We're not our feelings, Romans 7.20. Feelings can lie to us. So we have to speak to ourselves and not listen to ourselves. It's so good. Well, I have to close. Redeeming grace, the kinsman redeemer. God has, re he has delivered us from the curse. And we see here that it says, it is written, curses is everyone who hangs on a tree. I mean, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So I just encourage us to be refreshed in this thought, like, thank you, God. We might be in a pit, but God is in the pit with us. And he's like, that's not the end of the story. 
I'm making you who I see you already complete in, but I have to conform you to my image so that when you stand before people, your message is only redeeming grace. It's only redeeming grace. It's only reconciliation. It's only the living, written, and spoken word of God. Amen? So he's redeemed our life from the pit. Grace, grace in the devil's face, right? He hates grace because grace is creating something. Grace is doing something I can never do. Grace is magnifying the work of Christ in my life. That is the good news, and that is what redeems us, gives us a reason for living. It's why we come down from Wilmington. It's why we get out of our bed in the morning. It's why we praise the Lord and say, thank you, God. We have air in our breath to do what? To talk about redeeming grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's talk about that. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.